are turning as long as the fires are burning as long as your prayers are coming true you better believe it he's slim he's the host of the paper keg podcast this is episode 145 welcome to the show uh one of the biggest shows we've ever done paperkeg.com we talk about comic books we're just three white males that love comics uh we have another host but he's deceased Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. City Fall. Uh, thanks for tuning in, you know, taking a, a, a moment out of your commute or your day with your awful job and listening to us. Um, you know, let's introduce the hosts, first of all. Podcast Celeb. He's also been called a bad boy. He's a fave phenom on Twitter. He lives for it. He's a father. Dale underscore A, welcome back. Uh, when when your Twitter faves uh, start converting into Bitcoin, you will understand too. All right? My ego loves it. You live for it. Let's be honest here. I do. I do. Reco- some, some sort of recognition in this lonely existence. De- depressing. Why bother anymore? Just end it. Uh, Speaking of depressing, he looks dynamite. I've never seen hair that high off someone's head before, first of all. (laughs) If you could just package that hair up and sell it, you could be a Bitcoin heir right now. Feathered. It'd be a turn. I'm going full walking at this point. (laughs) This is younger walking. This is an older walking where it's like five inches off your forehead and just up in the air. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. You're a father. You're a writer, unpublished. I just want to point that out. Uh, you're working on a comic book. You look great. You're a podcast journeyman. You've been on a few shows this week. Oh, journeyman. Um, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I've heard, I haven't heard that journeyman moniker in quite some time. You know, uh, Dale and I were just on an episode of another podcast where we did great and uh, it was our you know it was our podcast anniversary and we were very pleased to celebrate each other yeah it was really celebrate both of you it was a great time to be alive you know you guys we're dynamite together you guys were on another podcast celebrating your anniversary and Silver characters podcast dale has another podcast that he does called book jug uh which is a hit he just talks about books that he reads. Hey, congratulations, yeah, you know. Dale. That is yeah, quite me a my show. Buddy, me and my buddy do it. Uh, Truman Capote. 
in cold blood. Oh, is next up in Good the for you. up in the uh, book job, book job. <laughs> I don't know what I just heard, but it sounds great. <laughs> Uh, and my, this you know, is me. this is my life. Slim. You've been on another show called Echo Rift. Jonesy has never been on that show. That's about pop yeah. culture. Uh, they just launched launched a new show. Now they they just Brand reformatted. New. I don't even know if that invitation I got is even good. It's like the golden <laughs> ticket, but maybe the the factory's closed. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that, I do know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm getting what you're putting down. That hard. That'd be the old Don and Mike. They might not even be in existence anymore. That's what I'm saying. They could just be figments. This, I, I know. If I knew anything about technology, I'd try to get into the IP uh, address source code of this email. Not and see. Not a lot of people legit. know, but we usually ask Jonesy's grandmother to set up his computer <laughs> for him for this podcast. She does great. Uh, uh, Don and Mike from Ekerf just launched a new podcast. Probably by the show. By the time the show is on. Comic Tango. Issues related to comic book fans will take the lead in Echo Riff production. There it is. That's all you need to know. Yeah, go Dan, ahead. You know Dan Panooch? Oh, yeah. On Twitter? Yeah, him. Comics journalist. He's on that podcast. You should check it out. And I think Panooch is okay by me. Had lunch with a guy once. Phenomenal occasion. Journeyman of lunch? Over here. <laughs> Uh, the less Jonesy, the better on this podcast. Let's be honest here. The numbers are already down the tubes. I can see a live feed of who's watching, and it's down to zero. Once Jonesy just started talking. City Fall. Ninja Turtles. We're going to get into it later. Uh, but we're running out of tape. Mm, worse. Jonesy uh, Vampiro, <laughs> as his friends call him. Vam- uh, what did you- Vampiro. <laughs> Vampiro. Does that make you a Vampirdo? Uh, no, because you have, you have normal power. I mean, you have, you look like you have blood <laughs> under there. So what did I read, Slim? Please. I want to talk to you about a book that five years ago I never would have picked up off the shelf. I would have said, mm, no, the Bible. not for me. No, I, I typically burn those upon discovery. Oh, uh, <laughs> good grief. The Silver Surfer, issue number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, many Man. things I learned... In this first issue, I am the target audience, by the way. I learned that Silver Surfer White male. has a name. It's not just Silver Surfer. White uh, male journeyman. <laughs> <laughs> White male uh, journeyman rad, as, as his friends call him. That's his official title. He's one of many heralds of Galactus. Didn't know that. And uh, he is currently trying to, uh, you know, he almost killed the Earth. So he's trying to, you know, you know make it right. Now he reignites a sun and like a miniature galaxy. And uh, because he's so great in BA, a bunch of aliens come and say, Hey, Harold, uh, we got this awesome thing that needs championing. So won't you please uh, champion it for us? So he goes to hear their side of the story. And in a simultaneous plot, uh, there's a young girl uh, on Earth who inherits this bed and breakfast and, uh, you know, she has some struggles with kind of dealing well, with her family and taking this leadership role and kind of being a little lonely. You know, her sister is like, uh-uh, responsibility. And uh, she's like, I guess it's all on me. So we jump back to Norin Rad, a.k.a. the Silver Surfer, uh, Silver Surfer historian over here. And uh, 
the champions are like, we're going to scan you in this photocopy machine. But the photocopy machine not only tells us if you're good or bad, it also brings the most important person in your life to you to hold hostage. And it's this girl that the Silver Surfer has never met. Boom, issue one, where's this going to go? By our our dear friend Slan Glott uh, writing Mm -hmm. and Mike Allred on art. So you know right there that is quality on both sides of the table. And, uh, you know, I'm into uh, Arthur C. Clarke and sci-fi this year, something Dale and I were uh, getting in together. So I was ready, finally, for the Marvel Cosmos. And uh, I picked up the Silver Surfer issue one, and I loved it. So I hope uh, I hope you guys will pick it up as well. You would think that in Jonesy's journeyman days on podcasts that he would be able to fill out his little name tag, the bottom of his Google Hangout <laughs> screen, totally blank. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a blank canvas. Happening. I'm a blank canvas for the people. Oh, I mean, maybe Walt they want to write a little post-it note that says least popular host and put it under my little picture box when they're watching live. Yeah. Okay. We'll see if the people can do that for you. With, uh, with Jonesy flapping his hands around like that, I mean, it looks like the Hubble had picked up some sort of new <laughs> nebula forming with his, with his bright white hands. <laughs> I, I, I was only uh, doing it to maintain circulation of my look hands. Look at those. Look at those luscious fingers of yours. We need Sausage to keep, McBiscuit over here. Keep the train moving. I don't want to alarm anybody, but we just had the most live watchers ever see Jonesy's fingers right. on screen in glorious HD. Um, I'm going to shock you right now. Please. I went back into the Slim Cops. <laughs> of course. And uh, read something late last night. You know, I was in bed. Sure. I had the covers off, just my, you know, my feet hanging out on the side of the bed. Pillow kind of like angled so I could raise my head a little bit. My fat head. Gotham Central. Mm. Guys, guys, listen, listen, listen to me. Rucka Lark from Lazarus. If you're reading that book. Uh, Oh, my word. Jonesy just jade in his nebulous shorts. It was omnidirectional. You need to get Gotham Central. Neil deGrasse Tyson is uh, working up the... uh, the script for the new cosmos on it is it degrassi or are you just pulling my bit with <laughs> <laughs> that's my bit sir uh gotham central so picture a world if you will where there are actually competent police officers in gotham and they like their jobs and they want to stop crime and the first two issues it's like a really short arc with mr freeze this is essentially in the rumor mill, this is what Gotham is, is loosely based on. You know, just the cops in Gotham, no Batman. So the first two issues is about Mr. Freeze, these two cops who are investigating a kidnapping, um, stumble into in this apartment, but Mr. Freeze is in there. So he freezes this one dude, kicks him. You know, he's crumbled to death in ice. Mm. Mm. And this other cop is, uh, is able to survive and... He wants to take care of it himself because usually in Gotham, when there's a super involved or whatever they call them, Batman is called in to take care of it. So this guy has like a grudge now. He wants to 
solve it without Batman's interference. So he he's kind of views Batman as like the force giving up on certain cases when Batman is called in. So it's a very cool dynamic. I've read this before, but it's been a very long time. It's a cool dynamic to see how the actual police force and the detectives in Gotham view Batman from their street level view drink street level. Um, just great. I mean, very early Lark Rucka stuff. You know, if you were digging Lazarus, Lazarus in any way, you need to grab at all costs, my friend. Really tempted to kind uh, of dive into that. I I wanted to do it for paper keg. I wanted to recommend it, but there's like 40 issues, and do yeah. you just do you just read the first six of that? I mean, I'm I just saying. Or you ruck it? Or you ruck If you wanted to do ruck a keg too. Uh, all by myself. And we wanted to do some kind of... I don't even know if that 40 issues fit in an omnibus. They, maybe there are two volumes. Maybe if we wanted to do a Rucka Keg Part 2, Gotham Central 1. Just throwing it out there, seeing what sticks. You know? Sticking all over my heart. Is what it's oh doing. My. Oh I'm gosh. just imagining... Oh my god. Dale... Um, I see that chestnut mare standing in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tell you, Redline Horse Mare, <laughs> first in podcast history. Uh, Dale underscore A, you're uh, you've been called the fave phenom, you know, on the internet. I've seen that name floating around. You just hit eleven faves on one tweet, oh, man. which I think is a new personal record for you. We're all very excited about it. Um, I think it is. You know, I was unsure. And you really got to rely on the internet at large to just have the pictures you need because you got it right in your head. But unless, unless there's a picture that exactly matches what you need specifically. Yeah. I got a few floating around that there's no gifts and I got to, I just got to get on the ball because without a workable gif, it's just not going to work. So I, I keep it inside me. Yeah. What's your, what's your thought process when you, you sent out a tweet? About fatherhood, Jurassic Park photo, <laughs> nailed it. Do the tw- do the tweet notifications just roll in like fave, 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 and you're just like air f- f- pumping fist? I just, I just, that's when I just like after the work is done, I just put my hands behind my head and kind of like sit back and like Ferris Bueller, right? At, do at any point where your wife is not paying attention, you just look at her and you like, yeah, see, and you just nod that like I did it in your face wife i do that all inside my head though because she could care less <laughs> what did you read this week dale well i tell you i did a lot of catching up i've been in jury duty you know which i am no longer in ah for for three weeks three new comic book days so when i tell you i i just deleted 41 back issues off of my Huh. Local iPad in Comicsology. Wow. I I I mowed the lawn, if it, as it were. So I I just picked out one that I'm just going to talk about here. I know it's not the latest issue. You have to forgive me, but it is a perfect jumping on issue. Thor, God of Thunder, issue nineteen point one, nineteen point now. This is the the issue before this past Wednesday, I think, was twenty, and it's a it's a perfect jumping on point. Uh, Thor after his god bomb, after the god butcher, 
after his um, adventures against Malekith, comes to Earth to battle the Roxon Corporation, Big Oil, and uh, he is somewhat in cahoots, mm. building some sort of flirty relationship with a with an agent of Shield. Oh, good for him! And I believe that was in uh, in a standalone issue, either between God Butcher and God Bomb, or right after God Bomb. But um, the uh, the Roxon Corporation is promising clean water for everyone. And to do that, if uh, you guys have listened to any book jugs about um, 3001, yeah, thanks, man. That's a a labor of love. They are mining ice from Europa, which is a satellite of Jupiter, slinging it towards Earth. That's pure water in crystal ice form. And they're going to melt it down and give the water away at a nice premium price I'd mm. imagine um, this shield agent is trying to nail Roxon and you know the lobbyists that they have the squeaky clean record on paper has though thus far uh, kind of made Roxon look good to the general public to you know government she knows something's going on in there and Thor's going to help her out with it and what a fantastic issue. I mean, it's uh there's there's some maybe some political undertones Uh-oh. to uh going green and then that sort of thing. Fracking. Fracking the big issue now, I think. Bridgegate. Uh yeah. I mean Mr. Governor himself. But Isad Ribic back oh, on Oh god. Uh this episode Ah. was ridiculous, ridiculous. if you'll uh, recall another tweet that was faved a couple times at least. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Fantastic issue, and it's a 19 point now, which means it's a perfect jumping on issue. They they do a little bit of catch up, and they and they it's a it's a nice starting off on a new point on a new arc. Highly recommend if if no one hasn't heard our touting. From the rooftops on the Jason Aaron's Thor. Now's a chance. Now's your chance. Aside. Oh. Have there been any issues of Jason Aaron's Thor where you haven't immediately wanted to smoke a cigarette afterward? <laughs> no, I mean, every issue just, I like, I just thrust through my iPad glass, <laughs> went to my lap. It looks like some sick uh, MIT prank that the seniors are MIT <laughs> I mean it's just a mess it's just a mess with, but with some neosporin and uh, enough money for a new iPad I'm ready to read the next issue of Thor <laughs> running out of time right now <laughs> <laughs> Two sentences or less. Another book you read, Jonesy Loves Beer. Two sentences or less, please. All right. Um, Ed Brubaker is the Winter Soldier. 
go ahead, guys, and get ready for Cap 2 with this new classic by our friend Broops. Great story. <laughs> Uncanny X-Men 521. Magneto is meditating on a mountainside and brings back Kitty's bullet. Read it even if you don't like Greg Land. Not a comic, but comic related. The hardcover, Hellboy, the first 20 years. Beautiful introduction by an artist who does a lot of New Yorker covers. A book filled with Mike Mignola covers, sketches, pieces from different works of Hellboy. A quality edition if you have a hardcover and addiction like me. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, City Fall, Parts 1 and 2, from our dear friends at IDW Publishing. I don't think I've ever read a, a turtle comic since the old Archie stuff that I have in tatters, 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 I don't know if that's an insult or not, uh, in my long box. Jonesy, please. Indulge us. TMNT City Fall. Get ready for nostalgia, guys. Uh, we open on City Fall in action. TMNT, awesome ninja, kung fu, anthropomorphic action. Uh, the turtles are in a bit of hard training in the city as part of the mutant population, and they're trying to get stronger because the Foot Clan is out there. Erstwhile, the Foot have discovered an ancient Japanese mutant called the Kitsune, who uh, is a fox mutant of ancient legend and has uh, some, you know, psychological powers. And they have a diabolical scheme to get at the heart of the turtles. Uh, also erstwhile, the human population of the story is going through some tough times. Casey Jones is injured. He might not make it. The turtles are tricked by an old enemy, Hob, who is a cat, is a Nick Fury-like cat, and his henchman Slash, who, whom I remember from the animated series as a uh, failed attempt to recreate a Ninja Turtle. And uh, so they're all trapped by Shredder and his daughter, who I didn't know existed, but she's still cool. And uh, Kitsune is able to kidnap Leonardo and turn him against the other turtles. Cliffhanger and part one. Part two does not stop. Leonardo is out there. He's going to go get his former comrades, but his previous personality 
is poking through. The Kitsune realizes it's been duped in a climactic battle. The turtles are able to free Leonardo. And the status quo is returned. City Fall Part 2. Kitsune. <laughs> I guess you would call old hub Nick Furry. Oh! She thing my guns. Wow, let's just end it right there. Guys, uh, get, the, get the letter sounder going. Uh, Dale underscore A. You know, I was reading this and I, I couldn't help but think to you what your thoughts on City Fall. This isn't a book uh, out of your big two. Yeah, this is IDW. It's not. IDW is always it. It's always a win column for IDW simply because of Mystery Society. Oh. Their golden win column bargoed. <laughs> So uh, they always get that that pass with me. Um, I have the only other t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics I have read was probably oh three oh four two thousand two maybe they uh, I think uh, I may have been IDW back then too but I think Udon Studios I remember was doing at oh, least yeah. the coloring. Um, it was very anime ish, and um, this was. Kevin Eastman, I mean, gorgeous. Oh, man, it, that first issue. My thought, my the only thought process that, it, it it's a great story, and it's, you know, it, it waxes nostalgic on anybody old enough to know. It, like, dances this line between age-appropriate and not age-appropriate. Hmm. Because of, simply because of the turtle, the language, even the turtles use. They use the D word a lot. The damn word. It's like a PG-13. Yeah. A hard yeah. PG-13. And that's... That was my biggest thought. I mean, I love the story. I love the... I mean, to uh, to brainwash Leonardo and get him uh, on uh, Shredder's side. How bad A was that uh, character design with all that? Oh, I loved it. Shredder armor. Yeah. I loved it. <sighs> I wanted to Great wear stuff. it. I just started like tearing up my shirt, my black Gap shirts. Started <laughs> tying them around my legs and ankles. <laughs> That's how I do. Walking around your apartment. <laughs> so did you? So outside of the the D words, the age appropriate language. Aside from who they were gearing it towards, what did you think? Sounds no. I, I I liked it a lot. I, oh. I yeah, I liked it a lot. I I I was gonna say like it's it was gr- it's not super it's not great like on the t- level of some of the you know the other stuff we read, but it's also it's the Ninja Turtles. You know, it's not um, some crazy masterful. It's not Sandman. It's not Sandman. It's not. It's not even a Ninja Japanese. Story Ronin. more so than it's the teenage. Yeah, it's not the te- it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they're it's it was very good. I thought the the idea was ambitious. the The only thing was you you got a lot of the uh, 
status updates just through sheer context of conversation. Like, all of a sudden the Foot Clan are taking over the city, but you don't see a whole lot of that going on, mostly because it's about the Turtles and not the Foot fighting every other gang in Coney. But Right, there was actually one thing that stuck out at me, and I think maybe it is the case, but this would have been a great series for tie-ins, like a Leonardo tie-in mini, which I think maybe even exists because they reference the micro-series stuff, but I have a hell, heck of a time following the Ninja Turtles micro-series timeline versus this. But, like, I would have loved to read a Leonardo mini, like, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, Leonardo doing other missions for Shredder and then certain things happening where he maybe pushes to the edge of coming back to the team. And I don't think I've ever said that about a superhero event. Like, oh, I would have loved a miniseries about this because there's already like eight of them, and who gives a crap? But this is a book where I would have loved to see a Raphael two issue where he's, you know, internal monologue of how he screwed things up, et cetera, et cetera. That would have been great. Yeah, You're absolutely right because the sto- the theme is so ambitious, it's almost like it's not totally executed on in the pages. And they reference the micro-series a lot, but it's like on stuff that you would just, like general knowledge stuff about a conversation that took place in the in one of the micro-series. Like the Turtle uh, the turtle Hun micro-series, which sound like it doesn't even, wouldn't even feature the turtles at all. It would feature the Purple Dragons and that the struggle within that organization. Um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you're, I think you were able to sum it up. What I'm trying also, to think. Also, before I forget, ambitious. and before we get to Jonesy, but I had no... So they, Casey's dad is, a led, is like this deadbeat alky. And then he... So Casey is mortally injured, and his friends are there visiting April and this other chick. Um, and as the dad has like made the decision to come visit him and maybe be a good father for once, he overhears them talking smack on him, and he he leaves and, you know... But he leaves and becomes a, into a mirror. violent vigilante, which I didn't yeah. see coming. And I had no idea that the Hun character was the father in the first issue of any of that mm. stuff. They revealed it offhand. I'm like, what? what? This guy is the dad? He looks totally different. What is going on here? And maybe that was explained in a micro-series, possibly, like his transformation. Yeah. The only reason I suspected it may have been him, because I remember seeing the same dragon tattoo on... The slobs back, yeah, and then the that. the buff dudes back. But the the buff guy had blonde hair. The alcoholic father has brown hair, and he's a tub. And and in one sentence, the uh, the the girl I forget what her name is, Angel or something. Hmm. She's like, "Yeah, your dad's all uh, reformed and all jacked and muscular now." And I don't know how that happened. Well, we don't know how that happened. And he's it, blonde. I mean, how he wasn't yeah, blonde. How did he get before? blonde and and look like one of the American gladiators all of a sudden? <laughs> In an hour, right? But other than that, I thought it was. I thought it was. A, I don't know. I don't know, Jonesy. Please, we haven't heard from you yet. Let me tell you guys emotionally where I was at when I started reading this. Get you know, um, I've been burned before by '90s properties trying to revisit them on this show. So I was trepidatious about uh, how I would feel about the turtles, and I didn't want to ruin that perfect picture I had in my childhood about how much I enjoy them. But then everybody else seems to get on the 
the new Turtles is the best series that ever come out in the last 10 years bandwagon. Yeah, they do. So what I ended up with, a sigh of relief because it wasn't garbage, but also the feeling that it couldn't possibly live up to the hype that I had heard. And it didn't, unfortunately. I, you know, I liked it, <laughs> but I kept waiting for the moment where I'd be blown away. And uh, it was it was just a solid story. It wasn't anything that was going to, you know, turn my life around or make me a lifelong fan of the Turtles or make me go back to issue one and start collecting. So, you know, it was kind of, you know, bittersweet reading. Yeah. Uh, I liked, listen, I liked all the, you know, the Kung Fu action. You know, I liked... Um, you love Kung Fu. I, I do love Kung Fu. I mean... They should call me Fat Foo Nineteen in my chat rooms. That's how much I love it, and uh, I just, I just was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think the whole time. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. I, I think that when I was while I was reading, it felt, and the pacing was on point. To it felt exactly like maybe a one or two part cartoon episode would have felt. I mean, in a cartoon episode. You wouldn't have anything on a massive scale to to find out how the foot are making out in their conquest of the city, but there were a lot of um, cuts and scene changes, and it felt very uh, cinematic in that sense for for a for a cartoon cinematic feel. But um, yeah, I for the being the first Ninja Turtle comic I've read since the the Udon series and not being completely I wasn't like a turtles freak back in the day I liked I liked it I mean I liked them just as much as everybody else and I liked the fact that they were ninjas you know bottom line they're ninjas that's the coolest thing ever that's true but um I there was it was a heck it was an entertaining story you know why it had to be two parts broken up like that I guess that's just um the marketing machine because it was an eight-issue series, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'd but it's definitely worth a read. You don't because because you don't need to with the turtles. You don't need to know anything more than what you get here. They're the Ninja Turtles. They stepped in ooze. I like pizza. They like pizza and Splinter and Shredder. When Splinter uh, steps up to Shredder at the end, there, Woo. boy, howdy. He's like, you're not going to, I'm here to take back my son. You're not going to do it anymore. That was cool. He's ready. I did like the fact that the shredder I remember was old and frail. And this one was not afraid to hand your A to you if he was upset. That was a cool change yeah. from, you know, my childhood. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, he was, he was highly competent. I mean, he, he, sexy. There was no way he, you know, he, he practically killed Casey Jones. He stabbed him. Yeah, that was an awesome splash page. It was crazy. I do. I mean, I, he's, the the artist on the series, uh, outside of the first issue, yeah, I oh, thought man. his style was perfect for this title. The, I don't know what it was about his style that just fit perfectly, but I thought it was a great match. And I don't want like Jonesy's opinion. I think this book is hyped, and I don't want this to sound like a slight on the Ninja Turtles comic franchise, but. I do think this is like the high water mark probably for most people to hear about to try Ninja Turtle comics because I don't think most people are going to or maybe not most people because I know they're really popular but maybe most people that read superhero comics aren't going to try Ninja Turtles. I don't know why that is. Maybe they just assume that it's a license and 
the yeah. publisher just puts out whatever direct they can. And that's not the case in this book. And it's hard to say that without sounding negative about the franchise in general. Because I think I think this is a good jumping on point to try Ninja Turtle comics and not be like, I don't want to read a Ninja Turtle comic. You know? <laughs> right. And I I thought it was I thought it was really good. I thought it was it was fun. It was it was a an enjoyable Ninja Turtle story in comic book form. You know, I think just about everybody right. grew up on those on the animated series and I grew up on the Archie comic books when I was really young and those were just like you know total cartoony fun like the show and this is a little more adult in tone you know Casey Jones making out with April kind of crushing all our dreams and hopes of turtle love and uh, mm-hmm. that first issue god man dynamite yeah dynamite first issue i kind of wish that he drew the whole series but i mean the it would have been amazing if he drew the whole series but we still got a great artist on the rest yeah. of it Mateus Santo Luco. But I I like I liked it. I like that I mean shred, there was no kind of like long term well there were, actually I'd let me correct myself. There was long term repercussions because at the end they do free Leonardo spoilers from Shredder's brainwashing, but there are lasting effects to that. Where he he, he what's, it was almost like the end of Astonishing X-Men Volume 2 or 3 where they are uncomfortable around Professor Xavier now. They have a different viewpoint of him. And that, that was kind of like Leonardo's viewpoint of kind of his family almost and, and Splinter because he was brainwashed into thinking that they're all deadbeats and they were they were jerks. So he's free of that, but there's still some of that like remnant thought. So I'd be interested to see if that keeps up in other issues or trades. Um, so that was cool, but you know, Shredder and his goons get away, you know, almost at every turn of this, of this storyline and they, you know, they all just kind of separate like if they're in this almost like kind of, it's almost like a different view of how Batman and Joker storylines happen where there's almost like nothing final about any of their fights. They all just kind of something like a explosion goes off and they all go their separate directions and they just wait until Mm -hmm. they see each other again. Um, but I, I thought it was cool that Bebop and Rocksteady showed up. and Yeah, that was awesome. They weren't even really referenced as known characters, so it was almost kind of like a reboot of this franchise. So like, oh, I mm-hmm. figured they would have already known Re- Bebop and Rocksteady because I watched the cartoon and they interacted in the cartoon. But this was the first time that the Turtles had ever encountered them, and it was because of Shredder's daughter. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that uh, the whole hierarchy within the foot and sh- and... Uh, Shredder's daughter trying to gain his uh, acceptance and and whatnot. That was it was it was kind of um, I don't know what the word is convenient at the end that you know all the work she did he's finally noticing her. Mm-hmm. I, I it makes me think like he's it's just convenience for him like he can finally just start playing to her uh, sympathies because he needs another second in command or or whatever and she seems competent enough even though he's, he basically ignored her the whole time and then he spun it into and just called it, it was a test. He was testing her the whole time. I think right, anybody yeah. can test that Shredder would probably make uh, number one most horrible father on a planet. <laughs> yeah, like if any if any other outcome, if she had, if the roles were reversed, he would have easily made that speech to Leonardo yeah. afterward, if like his daughter failed. It's actually like, oh, just on a test for you, Leonardo. I Post-its inside you. his armor. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he was did a great job, script. Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I I I don't know if I'll continue reading. I think that maybe that was Jonesy's other comment. I don't know if I'll continue reading. It was a great <laughs> uh, storyline for me to jump in and and enjoy a Ninja Turtle story. But I don't know yeah, if I'll yeah, exactly. you know, go get the next trade or see what happens with them. It was cool for me to jump into the pool and then come out and dry off. Yeah, to Dale's point, it's kind of like the TV show where there wasn't it didn't rely heavily on continuity, so you could watch a two parter, get your entertainment out of it, and not worry that the next time you saw it, you would need you know tens of episodes of backstory to get what's transpired since. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The I think. We've we've got our fill because, you know, it's the Turtles. It's the first co- Turtles comics we've read maybe ever or in years, and it's with the Shredder and the Foot Clan. It's it's like, you it's business as usual. And I'm 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 wondering if it's ever any different. Like, is it always Shredder or the Mousers or Krang. Kang or whoever it is at Krang? Is it always the same ecosystem with the Turtles? Like, give me. The Ninja Turtles set with, uh, like, Usagi Ojimbo. Mm-hmm. Like, different adventures, not necessarily lasting characters, but give me something where there's, um, you know, a different kind of character. And, I, and I'm only assuming that it's not like that. It very well could be. And City Fall may be, you know, finally they're showing Shredder again. I don't know, but... Right. I, I, I'm, I, I can only gather from the context of what we read in City Fall, it's always the Foot Clan or the Mousers or Slash or the Krang. Mousers. What was yeah. the rival what was the rival gang called? Savat, I think. Yeah, the Savat. The French ninja. French ninja. I mean those are the the deadliest you can get your hands on. Everybody knows that. Absolutely. Um man, I'm actually pretty shocked that Jonesy Lacks, yeah. lacks a daisical on the whole thing. How do you feel? How, how do you tell? Um, the fact that you told us that you were that you were lackadaisical, and it was it was a ninja story, and you're still not oh, your, your just, kung uh, fu, you know, uh, aficionado I, on the show. It's one of those books where I, uh, usually I weigh in and don't care what I do to people when I rip their favorite properties apart. W- women mainly, uh, <laughs> everybody knows. I that. just uh, I respect the property too much. And if I don't have anything nice to say, you know, I'd rather not say it all. I mean, it's, it's, it did everything it was supposed to do. I just, uh, I feel bad that I wasn't more impressed. Like, I actually feel bad that I right. didn't enjoy it to the hilt. Because it was, it was your job to enjoy it more, and you, could, and you didn't live up. I didn't live up to, to my own. Like, it was your fault. It, yeah, yeah, it felt yeah. like it was my fault that I didn't, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Didn't fall totally in love with this book because it's got kung fu. It's got anthropomorphic. Mm-hmm. It's got nostalgia. I mean, pretty much hitting all my bells and whistles here, and I just came away not, you know, not a lover of and, it. And props to the like, like Slim said, props to the artist Eastman and and Mateus. I mean, the action scenes were pretty decent. I mean, mm-hmm. you got the turtles and their weapon of choice, but you got you got to be creative enough with the ninja fighting dynamic. Dynamic enough, yeah, and that was pretty spot on. That was well executed because it's it's you can only swing your sword so many ways. So they say that's a metaphor uh, for life too. Exactly. 
Just, but you could just keep the Neosporin handy. <laughs> That's another MIT prank waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, City Fall. I, you know, I had fun reading it. Uh, Jonesy more or less wept when he read because <laughs> he wasn't getting the emotions he wanted. I sad. Yeah. There's that Jonesy sigh. Missing I wonder what. I wonder what um, now dead but former host Mark Farrington would have thought about this book. Mm. Yeah. Something to think about. Probably would have asked all over it. Oh, I think he would have loved it because it's you know it's a prop, it's a '90s property, makes his home. He's probably got like a, he's probably got a Ninja Turtle uh, arcade game in his man cave that we visited last week, two weeks ago. God, stuff of legend. Ninja Turtles, the city fall. We got your letters I'm gonna open them up Farrington's gonna read them To you Letters at paperkeg.com If you want to shoot us a letter We will maybe read it on the air Our first letter Is entitled New Miss Marvel Hey guys, really glad to hear you're liking the new Miss Marvel. That book and Captain Marvel are my first two monthly subscriptions. A big step for me as a relatively new reader who buys almost exclusively books on sale. Speaking of new readers, I host a faith and culture podcast and recently got my co-host to read Miss Marvel number one with me. They loved it in a way that makes me really hopeful about the prospects of this book for reaching new readers. I think at least one of them is going to start buying it monthly. By the way, if you haven't seen editor Sana Amanat's recent TEDx Teen Talk, I highly recommend it. Really good conversation about why we need more diversity in comics and, by implication, why the X-Men rule. Cheers, Kyle, or at KM Oliver on the Twitters. Uh, P.S. Is there a number of letters one has to send in order to reach friend of the show status? Uh, I think, Kyle, to answer your P.S., uh, Dragonfro has taken these letters hostage and uh, is the only one admitting new friends of the show. You, I, I think you have to get with him. <laughs> if we had it our way, you'd be, I mean, just by sending this this letter like you have the others, you're a friend of the show. Absolutely. KM, I'm going to make an executive decision. KM is friend of the show status. Wow. Don't anger him okay. right now. Don't wow. anger Dragonfro. Right. Now. You know he beats me at night. I'm waiting for Jonesy to interrupt me because some possible letter just came in under the wire, so he's going to push me out of the way yeah. of the microphone and start <laughs> reciting the letter immediately. Kevin Costner, jump in front of your Whitney Houston. Right, yeah. Letter bodyguard over here. <laughs> K.M. Oliver. Um, yeah, that's cool uh, that he's getting um, folks in his circle on Ms. Marvel, number one. What a, what's the name of his podcast? Do we know? I don't Man, know. He should have plugged it. Yeah, he should have plugged the heck out of it. I'd uh, I'd give him an old subscript. Jonesy's going to weasel his way into a co-hosting gig on this thing. Journey man into it, if you will. <laughs> At KM Oliver, uh, tweet us the uh, link to your show and we'll uh, put it out there Absolutely. for the folks. Anytime. Next up, uh, friend of the show, Dragon Fro on Twitter. Uh, 
sub sub writing for Lars' roommate. So this is him uh, talking to Lars' roommate. Hey guys, I found another part to Lars' will. Ultimate Six is a terrible miniseries. It's a big pile of steaming poopy trash. Thought you would like to know what else it said. Signed at Lars, or not at Lars' roommate, but that needs to be a Twitter account. Stat at Lars' roommate Twitter account. <laughs> So Dragon Fro uh, has the Dragon, on the what is, front lines. What is uh quote Dragon Fro quote Lars dead body have against uh the Secret Sex miniseries? Has he ever stated that outside of just veiled threats of human feces as the trade? He may have, but you know we don't remember last week's letters. I don't like even one. know what book we did last week, <laughs> let alone so. a letter from Dragon Fro. Speaking of Hot letters uh, under the wire. Just, I, just, I, just got, I just got pushed out. Just I, Who cares if I had any other thoughts to add? Jonesy is already ready to read the next letter. <laughs> let, so me just, let me just go over here and eat my own ass and die, Jonesy, for you. <laughs> yeah. Take a big old spoonful. Big numb nuts. Sup, <laughs> homies. Haven't wrote y'all in a while. You guys been kilting it lately. Loved the love ext- <laughs> what? Loved the love astonishing. Those are some sweet books. I don't I don't like his TV shows, but that Joss dude writes great ex people books. You guys hear about my boy R Williams being in soups versus bats? He's gonna make a dope riddler. That movie is sounding legit. I, fella, I'm a holla at you later. Peace out. Ugh. Fark Marrington. Uh, Fark Marrington's back. Fark Marrington has uh, come out of the shark that it attempted to jump over, and now it has been spit out. Become a caricature of his own fake letter writing. How amazing is Jonesy's street level <laughs> uh, oh white man talk? That could be studied, tried. I think, at MIT, that kind of verbiage that Jonesy yeah. was attempting. I think they're handing out uh, tubes of Neosporin as we speak. I mean, it was uh, something to be witnessed. <laughs> that. Fark Marrington, thank you for the uh, letter. We're going to get our team on this to diagram that sentence. <laughs> sentences. Who's Williams? I think are... Robin Williams, but I think it's street <laughs> to combine <laughs> their names, right? Right, guys. Somebody uh, help, Williams. I don't. I'm not going to make a comment. Totally on Totally works. Jonesy does not speak for Paper Cake Podcast oh, God, in any way. I don't agree with anything coming out of the, coming out of your mouth. Jeez, show albatross. What a here. show! What a show! Show albatross. Jonesy loves beer. Doesn't even have a name on his tag on this video chat. Don't need one. Uh, fave phenom, undefeated in fave status. Dale underscore A. Been another great show, fellas. God, what a pleasure it's been to be here with you. And Jonesy, too. I guess. To a lesser. Yeah. Much, much lesser extent. I just want, I don't want to tease something. That oh. I just want to say we have major things happening for this <laughs> show. <laughs> God. Jesus wept. <laughs> Jesus wept. We'll see everybody next week.
What a show. You know, Jonesy, you have to edit out all the times that you tap like that. Oh, do you really? <laughs> just going to throw that out there. Oh, gee, well, now I'm not going to... Why did you just say something like 30 episodes ago? Uh, are, noises I, are noises I'm making being recorded right now? <laughs> Dog pile this is there. This is me telling you. Yeah, I finally got the gumption to tell you. Finally, yeah. What a show. Dale probably just passively aggressively just went... <laughs> <laughs> Every time I did it, instead of just telling me stop. It's okay. You know, we're all friends here. You know, we don't keep secrets between nope. us. Right, Jonesy? Yeah, right. Wait, what? What a show. One of our best ones. If I may be I so bold. So. We, had, we had some good discussion. I think the Turtles... I'm afraid for what the Turtles fans are going to do. I felt genuinely bad. I mean, if they're anything like the Savage Dragon fans and the... Young Bloods, I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're ready to drop our trows and just deliverance, yeah. all over us. They're gonna take their weapon of choice and uh, just go to town. Yeah, with our heads. They're gonna say, "Wait until you get to trade 14. That's when it really yeah. fires yeah. it up. Well, they're gonna dress like up like pizza chefs while they show up <laughs> at your door with a with a blunt object behind their back. <laughs> Wearing the nondescript hockey mask of Casey Jones. Yeah. What, waiting for you to blurt out uh, some random talk about the, going to the Foot Clan meeting <laughs> later tonight. <laughs> Rumbling with the Baseball Furies and, and the Warriors. Jonesy, what else did you read this week? Did you read anything else? Yeah. Anything I read, spicy um, you want to talk about? I finally read uh, She-Hulk, which I loved. Uh, yeah, sure got into that ground was it floor. you that were on the fence? I was. You didn't want to read it? Yeah, see, it was because like I women. wasn't sure about it, because I don't like the Hulk as a character, and you guys uh, you know, segue that into me hating women. You guys remember that episode? Mm. That sounds vague, uh, vaguely familiar. Great but, uh, episode. I did, I did really like it. I still listen uh, to Dale right from the start. It is great. A mm. uh, couple issues. Jennifer Hulk. Uh, Jennifer Hulk. <laughs> it's Wilson, right? Or Watson? Nobody knows. That's uh, one of the mysteries of that book. I read the new Ghost right. Rider, which was odd that he's not riding a motorcycle. What did you think of that? Uh, I think it's just crazy enough to work. It's very I different. I think Trad Moore is... I'm not sure if I would like it as much as if Trad Moore wasn't drawing it. Yeah. I think he brings a certain... That's what I heard over at the comic book shop. A certain I don't know what. Right. As they say. I, I don't necessarily like those 22-page whole story intros. You know, from 1 to 22, mm. you got the whole intro. Uh, you know, kind of reminds like me. origin. Yeah. yeah it maybe, just, maybe it was like a 36-pager or something. Maybe uh, maybe, it a, like, maybe a bonus issue. I don't know. It just it seemed a little too snappy. Uh, but there was something about it that but, I liked. I mean, I like the fact that, I guess I like the fact that it's not a motorcycle anymore. Well, that kind of makes it non-Ghost Rider-ish. But uh, a demon car with somebody behind the wheel. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity to mine some nostalgia and homages there that I think could go very well. Gen Z loves nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Dale, you read like 100 books this week. Yeah, all old books, but they were good nonetheless. I'm uh, slowly catching up on Superman Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm up mm. to the first three or four issues. Mm. Great. Great book. Yeah, yeah. Charles Soule. Tony Daniel, what is she? Which which one are you up to now? 
Um, issue four. Was that the one where I, the one, the issue I talked about, where Wonder Woman was on the beach? I didn't get there oh, yet. Okay. That, I, I think I just finished three. I'm looking at my comics. I, I think now. I said that uh, maybe it was last week or two weeks ago. Or I, the last couple issues of the most recent, uh, last couple was pages, the, of the most recent issue. Mm-hmm. Wow. Was it a Zod issue? Uh, they they're all Zod. I think the whole thing is like up until issue six or seven, still Zod. Okay. And that chick. Because three, I think, is when Zod appears. Yeah. He's issue two. Him. Issue two was fantastic. It's uh. Clark and uh, Diana up in her neck of the woods. Um, Mount, they're not on Mount Olympus, but they're somewhere. And um, is that Masara or whatever it is? Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool because they go down and see the uh, the Themisarian blacksmith, who um, they ask to um, create a suit of armor that either Clark or Wonder Woman's going to be wearing, because if uh, Doomsday comes back, they need to be prepared. And Superman knows who doomsday is he doesn't think he'll be able to hand doomsday if it it, because because it was like a figment of doomsday coming through like leaking through the phantom zone basically Mm. so it wasn't full force doomsday so they uh they're basically on the level with this blacksmith and clark like charms him he's like the blacksmith's really cool and apollo shows up which is the goddess god of the sun and he he looks like a business kind of guy with a but he's got like a purple head (laughs) <laughs> and he's talking crap. He hates Clark just because he's, uh, you know, Diana. He's courting Diana. And, he, d- you know, it's got this, like, picky relationship with Annie. He doesn't like her, so he doesn't like anybody that associates with her. And Apollo goes to attack Clark and basically just blasts sun rays into him. <laughs> No, oh, big mistake. And and yeah, it was it was the awesome the the panels following that. He's like, you must not know me too well, or something like that. And he's supercharged on Apollo's son, and he and the it's just a wide shot where Clark uppercuts Apollo, and he's like launched through the top of this volcano or this mountain, mm. and it, it, the the shot is from miles away, and all you can see is this little figure like launched up into the air. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. How great is Tony Daniel in that book? Man, he's he's guy. an elite artist, and I think yeah. I was just sullied by his Detective Comics run where he wrote it, and I just didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his art is fantastic. I th- when I was reading Batman uh, around Batman R.I.P. or around there is when I first. Well, that was probably my first intro to Tony Daniel because you know that's when I kind of started reading DC a little bit, and mm-hmm. uh, but the guy the guy is amazing. Guy's amazing. Yeah. His art is fantastic, and this book, it just works. It it is Superman, Wonder Woman. Mm. You know, you can't picture it because it's such a high quality book, and it's monthly. It's it's absolute quality. Yeah, I almost wish that DC didn't publish any other Superman stuff, because like, I want I don't want to miss anything. I just want it all to happen in this Tony Daniel Seal yeah. Man book. I mean, I love the Greg Pak stuff too, though. Uh, but I think there's another Superman book out there. I bought those when he came to the comic book shop to do a signing. I bought the floppies of his uh, action run. Did you but meet I him? Did you? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. I met him. He was a cool guy. He, I brought up the he he was remember those interviews he was doing on the YouTube uh, videos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, like Kelly Sue and stuff. Mm-hmm. I brought those up because I told him you know he he should do, have done more of those because they were really cool when he was. 
It was like, you know, that insider info that yeah, yeah. lets you know that you're really a fan. He's a really cool guy. I wonder if he, I think that was before he got all these DC books. Like, I wonder if he got, like, yeah. he doesn't have time to do them anymore. Or, like, he had a, a break in his schedule. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. He said he just ran out of time doing it because that was before Turok and the DC books mm. and all that stuff. Hmm. Jones, are you awake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What is it? Why am I in my den? What's going on here? <laughs> Actually, I was, uh, as you guys were serenading me with... Uh, Superman Wonder Woman I'm just uh, purchasing the back issues on the app because now I gotta read it mm. I gotta be part of it it's great mm. great and uh, for a guy who hates Superman you talk me into it just by your uh, you know your back and forth so I'm excited yes. to read it just Seal like Jennifer does, Hulk he does great stuff in this book relationship writing with these two yes yes he does it makes you want to read more of it mm-hmm. I mean Every all the haters out there who probably just hate the fact that there's a book featuring these two as a couple to begin with, but that's the it's like that's the stuff I want to read. I want to read about their relationship and how they, you know, Clark was brought up as a a, a Kansas farm boy and he he likes things like Christmas. So Diana's trying to find Superman a good Christmas gift or something, and you know, at the end of the issue, it's revealed that you know she bought. She got him basically time. She made the Justice League basically work overtime for a night so they could have a night off. Hmm. It was really cool. I love we it. To, we need to get like a woman to read it to see if it's as good from a woman's point of view. Yeah, that's that's probably a good idea because yeah, maybe okay. if, maybe if Lauren isn't wasn't dead, as instructed by Jonesy Loves Beer to eat her own. You know what? You know, it's not my fault if her ass was tainted by something that could kill her. Sure. Because yeah, eating, eating your own ass is perfectly healthy right. in general. I mean, not daily, you know, diet. Right. I'm sure it wouldn't just kill you with one bite. <laughs>